Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys, and welcome to the 300th episode of Wrestle Rant Radio for Thursday, August 22nd, 2019. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. I actually had no idea this was the 300th show until I saw it on Podbean like a week ago, because it keeps track of how many shows you do, and I've uploaded every episode dating back to the show's debut in October of 2013, so yeah, apparently this is the 300th episode, unless I'm mistaken, but it's cool because it coincides with my 300th episode of Hashtag AskGSM next Wednesday. So I guess whenever this show has like a milestone, Hashtag AskGSM, assuming I keep it consistent and I don't miss a week, it celebrates the same milestone the following week. So that's pretty awesome. I don't know how that happened because I started WrestleRant Radio in the fall of 2013 and Hashtag in the summer of 2013, but because I miss shows for both shows over the years... Like, there would be weeks where we went without doing WrestleRant Radio because it was, like, breaks from school and stuff like that. And some weeks we did two episodes. You know, stuff along those lines. And hashtag AskGSM, same thing. I had to miss a few episodes in late 2013. um, A few episodes in late 2015 because I didn't have a laptop because it broke. Both shows have been through a lot. But both shows are celebrating 300 episodes today and next Wednesday, respectively. And that's a pretty sweet stat if I say so myself. At any rate, guys, we're ringing in 300 episodes in the biggest way possible with yet another exclusive interview. Now, this interview was recorded back in June before Northeast Wrestling's uh, Waterbury show. I forgot the name of the show, but we talk about it over the course of the interview. Um, I talked to this person for an exclusive, and not just for him, but for the article that I had run on Bleach Report for an interview to talk all things Northeast Wrestling, his relationship with the promotion. His name is Big Bacon Brad Hollister. I've been familiar and following his work since, God, I want to say 2013. 2013 when I started attending, and I think I say it over the course of our interview at some point in our conversation, um, I started following him when I started watching New England Championship Wrestling, when they started running shows down the street from my college in Massachusetts in late 2013, I started following him at that point. I saw him win the Iron 8 Heavyweight Championship, or the Iron 8 Tournament to become the New England Heavyweight Champion. And as of a few short months ago, he was the Northeast Wrestling Heavyweight Champion as well. Big Bacon's been all over the place here in the Northeast. He's an awesome name on the rise in independent wrestling. Just had to talk to him for that awesome um, interview that we were able to do and the article that it was able to produce for Bleach Report a short time later. You can check it out. It's on my profile on Bleach Report. If you search up Bleach Report Northeast Wrestling in Google, you'll find it pretty quickly. Um, But Hollister is quoted in that article, as is Michael Lombardi. The interview that we ran here on WrestleRant Radio two months ago is featured in that article, as well as former Northeast Wrestling Heavyweight Champion and current uh, North, or rather Ring of Honor star, 
uh, Flip Gordon, the mercenary, is also in that article that was part of the interview that we ran here on WrestleRant Radio on the 4th of July episode. I would have run this episode, or rather this interview with Brad Hollister here on the show a lot sooner than I am, had we had the time, but we've had so many interviews over the course of this summer, and I think this is the last one for a while, that I had to keep pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. And I thought this week was better than really any other to air the interview, just because I would have aired it last week had there not been so much fallout from SummerSlam and TakeOver and so many things to review. This week, not so much. Bit of a quiet week in the world of wrestling. Um, I will talk about Raw and SmackDown and my predictions for the remainder of the King of the Ring tournament in the back end of the show. Um, The interview runs about 50 minutes. So we'll air the interview. Hollister talks all things Northeast Wrestling, his upbringing in the business, his career, his goals, wanting a match with Orange Cassidy, who's in the news right now. I mean, he's always really been popular, but Orange Cassidy is in, is in the news right now for his, uh, I think, Jim Cornette made comments about him. But more importantly, he signed with AEW like a week or two ago. So Orange Cassidy is officially AEW bound. Hollister does say at one point that he really desperately wants a match with Orange Cassidy. And hopefully he gets it at some point. I think that match would fucking be, would be absolutely awesome. It'd be amazing. Um, Hollister actually almost faced Rhino, the NEW show that I went to on Saturday. So shout out to Hollister. Got to interact with him for a few minutes at the show on Saturday in Norwich, Connecticut. Wrestling Under the Stars, their awesome tour that they do every year as Lombardi talked about here on the show two months ago. Um, unfortunately, Hollister is currently injured. I thought he was only out for a little while, um, like a few weeks, about a month or two. He's unfortunately out with this injury until like... I'm not sure. The remainder of 2020, he said six months to a year he's scheduled or, uh, you know, expected to be out for with this injury, which fucking sucks. Um, Like I said, supposed to face Rhino, didn't happen, but hopefully he's back in the ring sooner rather than later. Um, You will notice over the course of the interview, we do talk a lot about that NEW show in June that I ended up going to. Um, We recorded this a week before the show when he faced Joey Janela, which was an awesome match. So if you have yet to see it or any of the clips from that match, it's on the High Spots Wrestling Network. NEW has a DVD out of the event. If you want to check it out, John Moxley also wrestled on that show. We talk a lot about Moxley in this interview, too. So, again, great, awesome, in-depth interview with Big Bacon himself, Brad Hollister. Enjoy the interview, and I'll catch you guys on the back end of the show. And we're back, folks. Graham Jason Matthews here with another exclusive interview. Today we're talking to the former NEW champion, a star of Northeast Wrestling, Brad Hollister. Welcome to the show, Brad. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, a little bit sore. Uh, had a really long workout yesterday for some reason. Like I work out every day, but for some reason yesterday I just went in. So like I mm-hmm. feel so beat up today. Well, I mean, it's got to be rewarding too, and it's it's that time of the summer now. Going to NEW, you guys got a ton of shows coming up. You got the Waterbury show on the 14th. Plenty of wrestling under the star, uh, you know, wrestling under the stars tour coming up in July, August. And you're facing some tough opponents, too, so probably is now, like, the prime time to get in shape and get ready and get your body beat up and whatnot. Yeah, I guess so, man. Uh, I personally feel like there's no time to have your body beat, uh, feeling beat up, but, yeah, it's just, you know, like you said, going into the summer, got a lot of big opportunities coming up, so got to put the work in. And it's been awesome to see, man. I've been following your career now for, God, like, maybe five or six years. I was, I'm not sure... Um, what time frame it was? I believe it was either late 2013, early 2014. That's when I was first exposed to your work in New England Championship Wrestling in the Beverly, Massachusetts area. And I was at the show where you won the 
NECW Championship at the Iron 8. So to see you come so far, obviously wow, winning the NECW. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I was at that show. had a great time seeing your matches at that promotion. And then I've been going to NEW now for like 10 years. So seeing you move over from there to now to Northeast Wrestling um, and becoming the champion just a few short months ago before losing it about a month ago has uh, been really cool to see. So congrats on that. Oh, man, thank you so much. I, I had no idea you were that cool. Um, yeah, that was the first time I think I ever won a singles championship, and uh, I was maybe 21 at the time, uh, maybe 20, I don't even know. Um, but, yeah, that's that's awesome. And, you know, being able to take that big step up to Northeast, like, you know, NECW, I did learn a lot, but it's not even close to what I'm being able to learn nowadays with, you know, being in there with guys that are just so good at professional wrestling, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, and like the variety of competition, it seems like you guys are given to work with in NEW, and NECW is great, like you said, they had Antonio the Promise Thomas there, Slick Wagner Brown, who I think had just vacated the title before you had won it at that point. Um, and now there is plenty of talent coming from not only just NEW itself, like a Brian Anthony or a Matt Taven, who has since moved on to Ring of Honor, but there is so much talent right now in Northeast Wrestling that is either still there or has worked there in the past. One of the top stars in NXT, Matt Riddle, you worked a variety of matches with over the course of 2018. So that's, it seems like it's a pretty um, grand transformation in just the span of five years. Yeah, um, it's funny. Uh, Zeke Dane, one of the photographers for all the Northeast Wrestling shows mm-hmm. and a bunch of other shows uh, throughout New England, he put a picture the other day, and it was it had like four different matches of mine. It had one of me and Darby, one of uh, in the Triple Threat with Cody, uh, one with the uh, the Riddle match, and then one with PCO. And I say it all the time: like wrestling moves so fast. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're doing cool stuff, like. Yeah, you like you know you're doing something cool, but you don't really get to have it, you know, sink in. And uh, just seeing that picture, I was just like, "Holy crap!" Like, past few years have been really good to me. I'm like, "This is <laughs> awesome!" Like, you know, and, and my goal is just keep making it get better and better. You know? Oh, absolutely. So, like for you, what's a more rewarding moment? Like being in there with a guy like a Matt Riddle or a PCO or a Cody Rhodes in that three way, like you said. I think it was at that show, Flip Gordon with for the NEW title back in December, I think, of 2017. Uh, being in the ring with those guys or winning the NEW championship earlier on this year? Well, even that one. Um, I was in there with – I won it from Jack Swagger, mm-hmm. which to me is cr- – so I say it all the time. When I first started wrestling like these bigger names, it was guys that were like before my era. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, it was still like really cool to be in there with them, but it was all guys from like – you know the mid 90s or early 90s sometimes 80s and it was just like it was cool but it wasn't like it wasn't like the little kid in me would get super excited for it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and then being with guys like swagger who i was amateur wrestler growing up so instantly he was one of my favorite guys on tv and now like the fact that i could like call him a friend is like it blows my mind sometimes so Mm Winning that, winning the NEW title was cool, and especially because who it was from, and just a guy that, like I said, I was such a fan of, and now I respect so much as a guy. So like, I, I, winning the title was big, but anytime you could step in there with someone that you could learn a lot from is, I, to me, is way more rewarding. 
So you win the championship from a Jack Swagger, former WWE World Champion, now an MMA fighter. Like the guy is one of the hotter stars on the independent scene right now. So that's obviously a huge accomplishment for you. Uh, winning the championship from him, you were the champion for a few short months um, in Northeast Wrestling. After winning the title from such a top star, what do you, what are, what are the goals that you set for yourself in a place like NEW? Is it like I can't wait to see who I get in the ring with? Do I want to win the championship back? What are your goals going forward in NEW and beyond? Um, so honestly, like, I think the title is like a very like old school mindset where everyone's like, Oh, I got to get the title. I got to get the title. Like straight up for me, as long as I'm in there with, like I said, guys that I can learn from guys that will help me get better. Um, just in terms of being able to, you know, how to put a match together and all that. And yeah, as long as I'm getting paid, like to me, like the most important thing. So Anytime I could be in there with, you know, like some of the guys we mentioned earlier, it it makes me better as a pro wrestler. So when I do get to work with guys who are younger than me or less experienced with me, I can kind of pass that on to them and they can kind of learn through me. So to me, yeah, like get, going back after the title, that would be cool and whatever. But mm-hmm. my goals in Northeast Wrestling, well, honestly, my, my goal is to branch out to um, as many places as possible. Mm-hmm. Um but my goal, my immediate goal in Northeast Wrestling would definitely to be keep working with these, you know, bigger names and keep having the matches that everyone leaves talking about. So to kind of go back a bit, like we had said, you started out in NECW a number of years ago, then making the jump over to NEW, an even bigger platform. How did that opportunity come about to compete with uh, Northeast Wrestling? Uh, so I was working all over New England, um, not not anywhere like huge, but like very good, solid places that you know, Ben Staples in New England, like places like Top Row Promotions, mm-hmm. uh, Pioneer Valley Pro. Um, and that's where I met TK O'Ryan. And TK O'Ryan worked for Northeast Wrestling for a while. And um, me and him became really good friends. We started tagging around together. And uh, he would just keep pitching me over and over and over, like, oh, you know, we should bring in Brad. You should bring in Brad. And it just wasn't happening for the longest time. And my first Northeast Wrestling show, mind you, I live an hour away from Bethany. Oh, my wow. First no- my first Northeast Wrestling show was in Ohio. So I think, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, so I think that was like the first test of like, all right, yeah. let's see if this guy really wants to be here. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I did that one. Me and TK traveled out there. Um, and we did, we did that one, came back. And ever since then, I just kind of been getting brought back. I was getting brought back sporadically, and then once I had my first one in Bethany, I had a permanent spot there. So when you started out in NECW, when I was first exposed to your work, it was kind of like, like you said, obviously having the amateur wrestling background. It was very obvious with the singlet and everything else you were doing at that point, which was great, but... I mean, you go back and watch some of your old matches compared to today, it's like night and day. I mean, the matches were always there. You were always very, very talented. But with the big bacon gimmick and everything else, how, again, how did that come about? I was always going to be, I was always looking forward to asking about that because I, I go to one of the shows one day and I see you carrying around like all this bacon merchandise. So I was curious how that came about. <laughs> um, so we'll go back to the NECW thing. Like when I first started, because I started when I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So when you're 15 years old, you're a lot smaller and you're a lot less confident in terms of like, hey, I'm going to tell this 35-year-old dude I'm going to throw him across the ring. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. So you don't have that like kind of swag about you where you could just go up there and be like, all right, this is what we're going to do. So when I was there, I was still only like, like I said, like 19 to 21 around that in that uh, age group. And 
I was up like maybe 220 pounds then, mm-hmm. which I'm now I'm 250 pounds. So like, I didn't have the confidence to be like, oh, I'm just gonna throw everyone around. But I had the confidence to be like, all right, I'm a good amateur wrestler. I'm a good mat wrestler. And it's crazy. Like then, I, I feel like I was a lot more technical. And now, like, I just throw people around. Like I, I barely break out. The <laughs> only time, only time I do technical wrestling if I'm if I'm in there with a guy like Matt Riddle or like Chuck O'Neill, like. A guy where I'm like, all right, if we were really out in the streets and I tried to get technical wrestling with them, they would be able to, you know, hold their own or even whoop my ass. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, so I, I could do it with them a little bit, but everyone else, is, they usually just get thrown. Um, but the big bacon thing, uh, Ryan Waters, uh, who is a trainer over at the lockup and he works for Top Row Promotions, me, TKO, Ryan, and Hammer Tunis were putting a group together. We were Team Waters, and uh, which later became the Closers. And uh, Ryan's, you know, giving this whole promo, and he's saying, um, like, oh, Tunis, he's a, he's a sick man. Like, he'll, he'll target a part of your body and rip it off. TKO, Ryan, former Division One baseball player, blah, 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 blah. Brad Hollister, thick-cut piece of all-American bacon. And, like, that, it was just like a throwaway line. Like, it wasn't anything we planned. And then um, when I'm in a tag match, I just try to make my partner laugh as much as possible. Because, <laughs> like, to me, like, why not? Like, let's mm-hmm. have fun. So um, TK would always joke around and call me bacon. So when we were in the ring, I would give someone, like, a big suplex or whatever. And I'd pop up and I'd go, bacon! Right? And just <laughs> literally to make him laugh. And then a couple fans started bringing signs. And then a couple fans, like, brought the... the um, crochet bacon scarves mm-hmm. and, and um i was like you know what i'm gonna just put it on a t-shirt and see how it does and then it sold way better than any t-shirt that had anything to do with brad Hollister <laughs> on it. so i'm like you know what i'm just gonna run with this and uh ever since then i've been selling t-shirts and making towns brother that's awesome, man. That is so cool. And like, and it started out too as just kind of like one of those gimmicks. Oh, it's like fun to see and whatever. And again, I had first seen it maybe. Was it the, around like 2017 that you started doing it or even earlier before that? Uh, yeah, I think it was either late, late 2016 or early 2017. And it was around that point. Like I had gone to one of the Wrestling Under the Star shows. You were on one of the first matches on the show. But it wasn't long before you were competing in main events for NEW. Like you had said before, the triple threat match with Cody Rhodes and Flip Gordon for the NEW title, and it became like this big drawing gimmick for for Northeast Wrestling, you're still doing it now, and it's evolved to a point where you're one of the cornerstones of that company, which is super cool to say. Well, like, so I, I, I hear people sometimes like, oh, I don't get the baking gimmick. I'm mm. like, well, it's not like I'm coming out there and I'm a pig. Like, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. like, oinking around the ring. Like, to me, it's a nickname. Like, when you, like, in football, like, if you called someone, like, I don't know, just any nickname. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a nickname. Like I, like I said, it's not fully like I'm coming out in pigskin leather and I'm oinking around the ring and eating trough and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like to me, it's it's more of a nickname and it's kind of like it's a way to channel my real-life personality because I've always been kind of like a wild jock kind of type. And um, to me, it just like it helps – pump that out more, you know what I mean? It gives mm-hmm. me an outlet. There's been no talk of having any hog pen matches in NEW, is that right? Thank God, no. <laughs> I'm like, sir, I say it all the time, like certain things, like I'm a manly man. Like yeah. if I like get hurt or whatever, I'll fight through it. When it comes to getting dirty, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Like I don't want, like some like wrestling shows and fairs, you have to like walk through like a mud pit to get yeah. there and I'm like, this is disgusting. 
Like, I'm going to ruin my shoes. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is terrible. And everyone's like, what? Like, it's just looking at me. I don't look like I'm that way at all. And I'm like, no, this is gross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm the exact same way. Well, you mentioned before, like, in these matches that you were having, in the tag team matches, you would just kind of do anything you could to make your partner laugh. Um, being with NEW, does that kind of allow you to express your freedom as a character and just kind of go out there and have fun? Like, do they kind of give you any direction with what they want you to do with their matches? My, I, when I say they, I kind of mean like Michael Lombardi, the president of NEW. Or do you just kind of go out there and see what sticks? Uh, well, so I think you have to like kind of earn that trust a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think with Michael, like, like I said, at first, TK was just pushing for me, pushing for me, and it kept, kept not happening when I first got brought in. I was kind of married with Flip for a while, and I knew, I was like, all right, I know Flip is going to be, like, the next quote-unquote guy here. Mm-hmm. Like, So I'm like, if I could have good matches with him, the more he goes up the card, the more I'm going to go up the card because... And then I just got super lucky where me and Flip have insane chemistry, and he's great at pro wrestling. So me and him, we just we worked so well together, and as he kept getting his, his star kept rising, it kind of help me to be like all right well flip's gonna want to work with me again and then flips in that triple threat match like him and cody both wanted me in the match so mm-hmm. i'm like all right because they they needed an extra person in there but they weren't sure who it was going to be and it was both of them going to bat for me so um with lombardi got to earn that trust and i think over time i earned it uh to be able to kind of do what i want with my character and but like i said it was a long process mm-hmm. where at first i was told not to joke around at all and like that's my personality is mm-hmm. like kind of having fun and being a goof. So certain times, like I feel like in Bethany, it's way more character driven and that's where I'm going to be a little more serious. Mm-hmm. But, um, if I'm at like, you know, wrestling under the stars and I'm in a tag match and if my partner is my friend, like I'm going to make him laugh. That's <laughs> I'm going, that's like, that's going to happen. <laughs> And kind of, like you said before, making towns, doing all these different shows, as we were talking yesterday, you're going to do a Beyond show this coming Sunday. Uh, what makes NEW from, you know, different from all the other promotions you currently compete in? Oh, well, like, NEW, it's, there's like a, a personal attachment to, for me, uh, with it, because like I said, I, I wanted to be there for so long, and like, dude, I'll never forget it, um, they had an event on my birthday a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Like, and this is like right before I started there, like permanently. And I wasn't on it. And like, I was like, it sounds corny, but like, I always wanted to wrestle on my birthday. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I wasn't on it. And like, that drove me nuts. (laughs) So like the fact that like, I do have a permanent spot there where I'm like one of the more established guys, I'm going to kind of get the bigger matches. Like that means a lot to me, but like I went to, uh, the first beyond show they did on charted, not the first Uncharted Territory, but the first one I was on. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to there, and it was, like, just such a different and cool vibe from, like, anywhere else I work. Like, with Northeast Wrestling, like, they'll have those big, like, baseball stadiums or they'll, like, pack a high school gym. Yeah. But there was, like, just something different about the Beyond vibe. And it was the first time I've ever went to a show where I wasn't booked on because I went to every show since, every Wednesday show since then. Mm-hmm. And, um just to hang out and watch the show because like I said they put on just such a cool and different product and uh apparently that looked good to the uh promoter Drew Cordero because he's given me a shot at their uh, Faneuil Hall show this Sunday and uh, I'm super excited about that and that's another one where I know there's gonna be a lot of eyes on it like beyond like it's 
I say this all the time. The crazy thing about Beyond is Northeast Wrestling will do the Mid-Hudson Civic Center with like 4,000 people and it'll mm-hmm. be packed and it'll be crazy. And then I did the Beyond show and there was like maybe 150 people there. Mm-hmm. But when I got to the back, my Twitter was just exploding. Mm-hmm. So like they just have such, they have a different audience where it's going to help in the long run with uh, professional wrestling. So I'm both places are extremely different, but wicked cool in their own ways. And is Beyond similar in the sense that you can kind of go out there and do your own thing? Either you choose to be serious or you're doing the Big Bacon stuff and allow it to be a little goofy. Is it kind of the same uh, persona, I guess, that you portray in NEW? Uh, well, everywhere I go, it's a, I, like I go off the crowd, man. Like when like people like I, I know like rehearse like their entrance or like rehearse like things like that. Like I'm like that's crazy. Like, I don't, how am I, I don't know what I'm going to do when I go out there. Like, how do you know what you're going to do before people are even in the crowd? Mm -hmm. Like, that's crazy. So, I'm a little bit different everywhere, depending on the, like, beyond the more adult crowd. So, I can kind of, like, let a couple words slip that I definitely could not let slip in Northeast (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, there are differences to it, but overall, like, yeah, they're super, like, go out there and if you got there, there's a reason you got there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they're like, go out there and do what got you here. You know what I mean? So the, everywhere I go, like, uh, even there's a couple places, like, because I'm in Western Mass, like, around me, like, Pioneer Valley, Western Mass Wrestling, where I have more of a backstage influence. And, like, that's really cool, where, yeah, I have to worry about my match, but to me, like, that's the last thing on my mind, because I want to help out you know, some of the younger guys having a match early and I want to be able to help this kid put together his segment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so to, I love just every little aspect of pro wrestling. And I feel like everywhere I go, I ha I can wear multiple hats and I do different things. So right now I'm just trying to learn every little thing I can about wrestling because I just love it. And in just the short span that you've been with NEW, the company's grown so much. I mean, again, they've they've always been kind of bringing it, bringing in the big names from people like a Kurt Angle or a Hulk Hogan, even a couple of years ago, to do appearances for them. But it seems like every single show they run now, it seems like there's not just one, but at least four to five to six big different names. And the cool thing is. They're not just being brought in to work with equally big names. They're working with big names within NEW, too, such as yourself and Brian Anthony and the regulars in NEW who are there day in and day out to keep NEW what it is to kind of maintain that uh, the, the, uh, the image and the presence that they have. So that being said, in the few years that you've been there and uh, various people that they've brought in, is it exciting for you? I mean, obviously, you find out well ahead of time who you're going to be facing because they promote these matches you know, weeks, months ahead of time. Um, but is it exciting for you to see, oh, they're, I can't wait to see who they bring in next uh, to pen- potentially work with that person, like a John Moxley who's going to be on their upcoming uh, 14th show uh, next Friday? Oh, yeah. Like, I want that match so bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm not pulling punches or I'm not going to lie about that. Like, I want that match. I'm going to ever do everything imaginable to get that match, um, even if it's I have to falls off of something high with Joey Janela on the 14th. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure I get a match with Moxley at some point because he's another one where I, I told you earlier where it's like some of the, the bigger names I've got to work with, you know, that they're, they're a lot older at the time and I didn't grow up watching them. This is a guy that I watch as an adult and was mm-hmm. a fan of. It's very hard to be a fan of someone at, when you're an adult. Mm-hmm. So, and he's like, he's starving right now like 
So I want guys like who are hungry, either if they're a name or not, you know. Mm-hmm. And this like this dude is coming off hungry, so like I want to have that match to. It sounds cliche, but like show everyone what I can do. Like I know what I'm capable of. I'm very confident in my abilities. I feel like me and him, it will be next level stuff because there's going to be all different aspects of wrestling. We're going to have technical wrestling, brawling. I'll go through whatever table is in that building. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn. So I really, I, I want that match. And I'm like I said, I will through my work. I will make that happen. Did you see the match you just had with uh, Juice Robinson over in Japan where he won the U.S. title? Yes, I did. Um, I don't know if I'll be taking that DDT, I'll tell you that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was incredible, man. I think Juice, ever since he got that you know opportunity in New Japan, man, he's just... I feel like everything he does is gold. Like, yeah. He has so much fire and emotion, and then you bring in a guy like Moxley who's coming off with emotion, but it's like two different kinds, like where Moxley's is more aggressive and Juice's is more, like, fire, and it's just, that it was beautiful. It was a great match. Yeah, it was a fantastic match. One of the better Moxley matches I've seen in a while. Just, it seems like he's so much more motivated coming out of his release from WWE just about a month ago. Do you feel like you have your best matches? I mean, obviously, you're always motivated when you go out there, but depending on who your opponent is, whether it is a regular in NEW or a... Uh, another name coming in from, you know, an Evolve or an Impact, Ring of Honor, whatever, New Japan. Do you feel that you have your best matches when your opponent is as equally motivated as you are? I mean, well, yeah, that's, you know, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to, like, just overall motivation, like, I don't even think it's more of a, like, a talent, um, talent level thing where I feel like if I'm in there with a young guy who's only been wrestling a couple years, but he really, really wants it and he's willing to listen, he's willing to do, like, all the little things, um, like, I have great matches, you know what I mean? Um, but it, it is a motivation thing, because there's certain guys, like, if they're just not into it, if their heart's not into it, it's hard to even get them to want to do a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's not even that you gotta do a lot, but it's just, you gotta have the right emotion and the right feel to things, and, um, so it's just being in there with, like I said, anyone who's hungry, anyone who wants to get better, and it's even if it's the guys who are already great, if they want it, it's they're gonna like I said pass it on to me, and then hopefully I can be able to pass it on to somebody else. And you said you want that Moxley match. Uh, having been in NEW now for a number of years, do you have any sort of not pull, but like, are you able to tell Lombardi like, hey, I really, really want Moxley, or is it just one of those things where it's like a wait and see approach to see who you get on the next show? Oh, I could tell him that the sky is blue and doesn't mean he's going to listen. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, no, totally. So, so, yeah, like, I wouldn't say pull, but I would, I hope that I built enough, like, again, like I said earlier, trust where mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, I don't ask for much. I will I will never be that guy, like that wrestler, where it's, I think I've asked for one match in wow. Northeast Wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I got it. It was me and Darby. I ended up getting two of them, so. Wow, nice, was, yeah. So, like, I hope so, um, but I'm not going to be begging for it, you know, I'm not that type of dude, I'll throw it out there, like, I'm throwing it out there right now, mm-hmm. um, if it doesn't happen, doesn't happen, but, like I said, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it happens, and bust my ass, and keep doing everything the right way. Face Darby, face Jack Swagger, Matt Riddle, do you have any sort of bucket list of opponents that you would like to face 
in NEW. And of course, there's always going to be the people like, uh, you know, hypothetically, like a Brock Lesnar or something like that. But I'm talking about people that are um, within the either the independent scene right now or could be from another promotion or maybe even leaving WWE at some point. Is there anyone that you would love to face, like absolutely hands down, aside from just Moxley, that you would love to face in NEW or just really any promotion that you work for? Uh, that I haven't wrestled? That you haven't wrestled uh, already, correct, yeah. Uh, well, obviously, like I said earlier, Moxley, um, I don't know, man, there's, there's so many guys, actually, so I'm not, like, super into comedy wrestling, but I think Orange Cassidy is the greatest comedy wrestler of all time. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really, really fun, and definitely something, out, like, again, I always say I like to learn, and, like, I never did anything that, that kind of wrestling, so I would like to learn the psychology of that style so that would be fun and like that's just um damn that's a good question i didn't think about that uh if chad gable ever leaves wwe i mm-hmm. think he's incredible um he's always a guy when people ask like he's one of the first guys i say me and janella wrestled in a four-way before the 14th i'm really excited for because mm-hmm. it's one-on-one um you know what i'm gonna say we had tag matches a while ago like when I was like you said during the NECW day like it was a long time ago but I would like to have one with Matt Taven now mm-hmm. um cause like I said I'm so different he's I think he's so talented so I would probably Taven would definitely be one of the guys um Dustin uh Runnels is coming into uh Northeast Wrestling so that would be a really cool one. Rhino's coming into Northeast Wrestling. That would be a cool one. Mm-hmm. They're both short, short, thick guys. So I think <laughs> that would be a fun matchup. Um, That's a match I didn't yeah. know I wanted until you just mentioned it right there. Yeah, because like I, when I first seen that he was advertised, because uh, like I said, I'm not in the know of like I don't know who's going to be on every show. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. On Facebook. That's when I learned about it. <laughs> so when I see Rhino, I was like, oh, okay, that would be kind of cool. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, it's it's hard to think of the names like right off the top of my head, but those are a couple of them. Like anyone, pretty much anyone who wants it. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna give it my all. Whoever's go like willing to go out there and do the same, whether what their name value is, what their uh, experience level is, let's just go out there and kill it. And now, I know he's retired now, but maybe I missed something, but were you able, ever able to do anything with Kurt Angle in NEW or any other promotion that you work for? Because I know he's been with NEW and been making frequent appearances now for a few years. Will you get, uh, maybe not a one-on-one match, but you, were you guys able to ever have any sort of interaction in the ring or team up or anything along those lines? Oh, so I wish. So Angle's, like, last couple of shows in Northeast were, like, my first couple of shows. Oh, okay. So, like, I was on a show with him. Um, which was freaking crazy, man. Like, cause again, amateur wrestler. Like, when I was a little little kid, like that was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, loved Kurt Angle. Um, so just being able to be on a show with him, like that was real cool. That was one of the few times, like I said earlier, things go so fast. That was one of the few times I was just like, oh damn, that's Kurt Angle. Like, what the hell? Like, this is wild. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's one of those people that I, th- th- as as soon as I saw that he was coming to NEW just a few short years ago, I mean, this was around the time, like you said, that you started in NEW. It would have been awesome to see that one-on-one match, and I mean, maybe, I know he's retired now, maybe he comes out of retirement for NEW at some point, you never know, in wrestling, no one's ever really truly retired, so um, no, it's always... We better, 
I want to slap dual ankle locks with him on somebody. <laughs> that would be absolutely amazing. Like I said, even if he's retired, you guys could still do something if the opportunity was right, you know? Locks, dude. We could slap him on. Yeah, why not? Why not? Slap, slap on some ankle locks. We'll make it happen. <laughs> would be amazing to say. Um, but at this point, too, like you said, Kurt Angle's also going to be back in NEW this summer. John Moxley is on his way in. Matt Riddle was there last summer for a while. Cody Rhodes, my God, worked a million shows for NEW throughout 2017. Um, what do you think makes NEW such a hot spot for not just fans, because obviously the fans can go there and have such a great interaction with you guys, the talent, everybody, that with the awesome, you know, pre-show autograph signings and whatnot, but what do you think NEW makes, or rather makes NEW such a hot spot for people not only on their way up, such as yourself, to other promotions, but people on their way out of a place like a WWE, like a Cody Rhodes or a John Moxley? So, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, Michael Lombardi. I think he's just very well respected, and um, people know that he's not, he's not like a shysty, like, he's not gonna rob you, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, he takes care of everyone. Um, like, for me, like, the first time I ever got paid at Northeast Wrestling, I was like, wait, is this, like, did you give me the wrong envelope? Like, I, like <laughs> this is way more than I was expecting. Like, yeah. so, like, he takes care of everybody. He's super well-respected. He's been in the business for a long time now, and he's been, you know, around some of the biggest names in the industry, and they all trust him. And so, and I think it's one of those things when a guy does come in, right, and then they they come in and they're, every, they're treated great everything goes well and then another guy will be like oh you know this place is trying to bring me in what do you think and then they give such a glowing review like I think that helps out a lot too and like I said, also for the fans, I mean, people can go there. It's a great family-friendly environment. You may not be able to, you know, slip out the expletives like you said earlier, not like in Beyond and places like that, which would be cool if they got a little edgy sometimes, depending on the show. Um, but it definitely is more often, uh, you know, family-friendly more often than not. So that being said, your interaction, what's your experience with the fan interaction, the atmosphere at these NEW shows? The Bethany Town Hall is one of the kind of like the staple show, the staple arena for NEW where people can go and just have a great time. Yeah, so um, I say I get at the meet and greet tables, I always say I have a point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's like what I'm like 70% in or like 60% in, but I just start being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and not like the, like the rude or anything. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Banking gear. Like I'll start <laughs> screaming out nonsense because I'm, <laughs> a crazy person mm-hmm. uh and honestly like i think like that's where like my uh relationship with cody started because one time we're across each other for meet and greets and obviously his line's out the door and i have absolutely nobody at my table so i'm joking i'm like one at a time one at a time and um, <laughs> so him being the coolest human being on the planet was like Oh, hey, anyone who buys a pair of bacon socks gets a free American Nightmare shirt. Mm-hmm. Safe to say, I sold out of socks. You know, that That's night, amazing. I, that is so cool. Rent. Yeah. So, like, thanks, Cody. Um, you kept the roof over my head. He, he <laughs> might not know that. But That's amazing. Now the people do. Um, mm-hmm. So, like I said, I get to that point where I just start being, like, ridiculous and goofy. And I feel like you are a fan come to my merch table when i get to that point because i'm going to be a lot more fun where i think before i'll be like very business as usual and then i'll just kind of get to that point and i'll just be a goofball if anything i'll talk their ear off 
And you mentioned Cody Rhodes, too. I mean, Cody Rhodes obviously working a lot of shows with NEW. You said you had a close relationship with him. Any thoughts on All Elite Wrestling? They had their first show in Vegas just a couple of weeks ago. Um, your thoughts on the um, formation of All Elite Wrestling and maybe any aspirations of working there down the road? Oh, that's, I mean, that's the goal. Like, mm-hmm. I say it all the time when I was, not all the time, just since, you know, since it's been out, but, um, when I was a little kid, it was always like, oh, I want to be, like, WWF or WWE champion. Like, that was always my dream, right? Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, something like AEW wasn't around, you know? So, like, to me, like, that's where I want to be because I feel like, like we were talking earlier, I'll still be able to be myself and I'll, I'll be an extension of me as opposed to kind of getting changed and micromanaged. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I went out. I flew out to Vegas. I was, you know, hanging out with, like, Starcast and everything, hung out with the guys there at the show and like it was just so cool to be like around that and like the atmosphere of the crowd and the you know the, of everything like yeah, it was just next level so like just being able to feel that in a you know as small of an aspect as I did that's where I want to be and like I'll like I said you know do everything to make it happen where mm-hmm. just like, keep putting in the hard work keep doing the right things um keep having these good matches like at this point probably by the end of the summer i'm gonna wrestle half the roster anyways so <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna be familiar with everybody you know mm-hmm. just might as well throw me up there and also too i mean with aew for fans it's amazing because it gives us more alternatives more things to watch i mean there's already new japan again ring of honor impact wwe nxt everything else but now there's another new company to watch in aew putting on a great show just a couple weeks ago you said you were there it was an awesome time in vegas um, from a wrestler standpoint, from a wrestler point of view, how great is it for you guys to just have another place to work in general? Like, what are your thoughts when you hear that? I mean, not just now, but like going back to maybe January when they first announced the formation of the company, what, what's kind of going through your head? Like, oh, this is amazing for wrestling and more places to work and more competition, more, uh, more over than anything else. Well, it's so, yeah, I mean, it's huge for that aspect, but mm-hmm. it's also big where now even companies underneath them, where it's like they're going to be trying to sign guys and they're going to be trying to get guys opportunities so they don't get scooped up by the AEWs or WWEs of the world, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, that's even going to put a foot in, like, Ring of Honor's butt of, like, all right, we got to start scouting for guys before we lose them to these guys, these companies, you know? And, like, other places like Evolve, MLW, like, where they sign guys to contracts, um, they're going to want to get them on paper as fast as possible before they get scooped up by you know, someone that they can't match financially. So it's, it's huge for wrestling all around. Like it it helps out like the wrestlers. There's more, like you said, with the alternative, it's a real alternative. Like Mm -hmm. so many companies are like, Oh, we're going to be the alternative. And it's just like WWE with less production. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're an actual alternative where like, I don't think you'll see a lot of these guys that they have on WWE TV as themselves. Like it would be a, a different version of them where these guys are going out there. They're able to do pretty much the same thing they did to get them there, which like that's being an alternative. And they have so many different kind of characters and wrestlers and they have like legitimate badasses and they have comedy guys and they have like the, one of the strongest female rosters. So like they're a real alternative. So like that, you know, that's what I'm looking for. And I don't think you would myself. 
Uh, well, also, I was going to say it too, I don't think you would see anything like what they had with the pre-show battle royal, and like you mentioned earlier, Orange Cassidy, who is one of the better, if not the best comedy wrestler around in the world right now. Of all time, I will go on record and say that. <laughs> I, got, I, I was saying that because it was him and um, Sean Spears on uh, Wednesday at Beyond, Yeah, and I was watching him, I was like, he's the best of all time, best comedy wrestler of all time. I could absolutely envision a spot in one of those Battle Royals match, whatever. He was doing that spot in the in the Battle Royal Tommy Dreamer where he was doing the shin kicks and they got a great pop from the crowd. I could absolutely I could absolutely be, see you being in that spot with a guy like Orange Cassidy going back and forth either with his shtick or you doing the bacon stuff. I think it's just a match made in heaven. Well, like I said, the genius about him is he, like... The wrestler doesn't sell for Orange Cassidy. The crowd sells for Orange Cassidy. Exactly, yeah. That's the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, mm-hmm. this is genius. Um, <laughs> I, I love this, like, kind of mini turned into a mini Orange Cassidy podcast. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, I think it's just so brilliant. Like, if the crowd gets it. Like, they're just super into it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I know. It was really cool to see. I don't think I've ever seen him in person before I was at that show, and I was blown away. Now I want to know more about the guy, which is really cool. Um, but you're facing Joey Janela, who was also on the AEW Double or Nothing show. You're facing him the 14th in Waterbury. Uh, you mentioned that you faced him in a four-way before. This is the first ever one-on-one encounter between the two between the two of you guys, right? Yes, first one-on-one. So what do you do preparing like to go into a match like this? Joey Janela is so all over the place. He has his spring break shows, which I've never actually been to, but I heard they're absolutely insane. Do you prepare to do some sort of crazy spot like you mentioned earlier? Is it going to be a pure wrestling match? Like, What can people expect from this encounter coming up on Friday? I have absolutely no idea, which is kind of like super exciting for me, where mm-hmm. it's like if I'm going to a match, I usually kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. This one, like, I don't know what we're going to be allowed to do in the building. I don't know if, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a bunch of different factors that weigh into things. So, I have no idea. Like, the way I always, I try to prepare for my opponent the way they're prepared for me. Mm -hmm. But with Janela, I just found myself smoking a lot of cigarettes. And I'm like, you know what? (laughs) That's probably not the best way to prepare for it. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, But, yeah, so I'm super excited about it no matter what the restrictions are or if there are any restrictions at all. Um, I'm super excited for that one because he's another guy. I, I'm not, I was never like a guy, like a super fan of the independence where like I would watch like, Oh, did you hear about this guy? Did you hear about this guy? I'm usually like, no, who is he? Um, Janelle is one of the few guys that I've known for a while now. And I'm like, I was like a fan of, because I think he's another one. He's just so different in the way like guys try to, get um get bigger with like a like super athletic contest like mm-hmm. he's into character works and like building moments i say that about janela all the time like it might not be the the five-star matt wrestling classic but you're gonna walk away with 10 moments that you remember and there won't be another match that has five you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like that's what makes him special so i'm super excited about it because again i want to learn how to do a little bit of everything so this way like I feel like I'm gonna learn how to build up and make how to you know how to make those big moments. And with a guy like him, where you don't know going in what to expect or how to prepare and what type of match it's gonna be, um, do you find that to be like the funnest part for you? I guess is it might be the right word of wrestling, where it's like a challenge for you. Like, okay, I don't know what's gonna happen in this match, but I know we're just gonna go out there and kill it regardless. 
Yeah, well, and, like, this one especially is, like, I, to me in wrestling, the best matches are either when the guys are the same style mm-hmm. or completely opposite. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like me and Janelle are two guys with completely opposite styles where, mm-hmm. like, I'm more mat-based and I, like, I'm doing a lot of, like, amateur wrestling stuff and some throws and, like I said, where he's more, like, let's build up to these big moments, these big bumps and, like... So I feel like it's it's such a clash of styles. So we're going to meet somewhere in the middle, and then you're going to be able to see both sides of wrestling. You know what I mean? So I think, like, I'm super excited for this one. I couldn't be more excited for anyone else that's going to be on that card. Like, I don't give a damn if the main event is Moxley and Allen. Like, you are going to leave talking about Janela and Bacon. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. So in addition to Janela, like we said before, you faced kind of a who's who in the wrestling world over the last couple of years in NEW. Um, what was the best piece of advice that you've gotten from, not only just from someone on the NEW roster, but someone like you faced, like a Cody Rhodes or a um, you know a Matt Riddle or a Jack Swagger? What was the best piece of advice you've received from someone like that in your time in NEW? Uh, so, def- like, like I said, I had that good relationship with Cody, but like Swagger, like he's like a big, he was like a big brother to me right away. Like mm-hmm. he, he would just pull me to the side and um, really help me out with, especially because he did a lot of the you know amateur wrestling stuff, and he would incorporate it into pro wrestling, which I do similar things. Um, so, dude, he was always so good to me. Cody was always like he always taught me like I used to speak stuff into existence, and that's how you make stuff happen, and like. You know, you just apply yourself and make sure you do all the right things and you have a positive attitude towards your goals, and, you know, that's how you're going to achieve them. Um, So, like, both those pieces of advice were, you know, huge. Um, And Riddle is legitimately... Riddle's Riddle. Like, the Riddle you see on television is the Matt Riddle that's in the back. Mm -hmm. And uh, his advice was just like, bro, why are you wearing shoes? Like, you're restricting your feet. So... Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, so I got that's good advice too because I'm currently wearing flip flops and my feet don't feel restricted. So <laughs> no, I'm just getting great advice all around. Yeah, well, that's awesome. So in your time in NEW, as we kind of wind down here, who have been your favorite opponent? I mean, of all these people you've had great matches with, all of them have been uh, really, really fun matches whose styles you've meshed with very well. Who would you say you've had your best matches with, the greatest chemistry with, and who you've overall just really enjoyed working with in NEW? Uh, I would definitely put Swagger and Riddle there mm-hmm. because, again, like, that's my style of wrestling where mm-hmm. it's, like, a little bit of technical, a little bit of throwing, a little bit of brawl, a little bit. So, like, I like those matches because, to me, like, that's what I love about pro wrestling. But I said I say all the time, Cody's the smoothest wrestler I've ever been in the ring with in terms of just, like, there's no wasted motion and everything is just, like, so perfectly done to the point where it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in there, and I'm like, you bastard, you're so good. Like, just don't <laughs> stop. Um, uh, that was a big one. The Darby ones have been really cool, because, again, like, with Janela, like, that was such a clash of styles, where me and Darby are so different. It made a really good matchup. Um, but, yeah, uh, Flip. On, yeah, probably Flip. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, breaking it down, um, I've wrestled Flip no less than 10,496 times. Mm-hmm. And um, each time better than the last, like, he's, I, me and him could be blindfolded 
in the middle of a highway and pull off a good match. Like I just, me and him have great chemistry together. He's one of my, you know, best friends in pro wrestling. Like, so I definitely got to be flipped. And hopefully Janela joins that list too when you guys face off in Waterbury on the 14th. Uh, final question for you. I know you were at Money in the Bank. I was that dumb fan that had said hi to you, I think at the bar, the restaurant, the tavern, before the pay-per-view. Uh, just a few short weeks ago, I had said something about bacon. That was It was a couple weeks ago before the pay-per-view in Hartford, if you remember that. Yeah, so uh, actually the, when I wrestled Janela in the four-way, it was earlier that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I wasn't going to go, like, and uh, the ring announcer, Matthew James, he had uh, box seat tickets. So he goes, hey, man, do you want to go to Money in the Bank? I was like, oh, no, I'm tired. I want to go home. I want to shower, get something to eat. And he goes, no, 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 we'll go to the restaurant right across the street. And then they're in box seats. And I was like, okay, I can go hang out in a box seat, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was super cool, man. Um Matt, Matt does he? I say it all the time. Like you know, like everyone's like, "Oh, I got, I got a guy for this. I got, I got a car guy. He fixes anything. I got a, I got a roofing guy. He'll fix the roof." Matt is my guy, guy. Mm-hmm. If I need a guy for something, Matt finds them. Mm-hmm. So apparently, Matt has a ticket connection. So he, he has a ticket guy. So I'm like, <laughs> so now in the future, if I ever need tickets, I know go to Matt and he can go through to his ticket guy because Matt's my guy, guy. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Was he able to hook you up with tickets for TakeOver or no? Because I know that was also here in the area last week. Uh, he actually went, but again, I had the uh, Bethany show. Oh, right. Really around that day, of course. Mm-hmm. And that one, he didn't, uh, they didn't have box seats in that re- And now I feel like a snob. Like, you're making me feel like the biggest, like, uh, snooty jerk right now. <laughs> yeah. but I was like, he goes, oh, you want to come to TakeOver? I'm like, and he goes, there's no box seats. And I was just like, nah. I don't want to go. <laughs> so now I'm spoiled. To, I guess I'm never going to be at an event unless I'm in a box seat again. Oh, that's amazing. That's he super cool. Me. He ruined me. <laughs> he ruined you. Well, that's great, dude. Well, like I said, you got the Joey Janela match coming up on the 14th. Plenty of other shows on the horizon beyond wrestling this Sunday um, as we speak on the 10th. And uh, plenty of other shows coming up here in the Northeast area. It's going to be really cool to see. Fingers crossed that John Moxley match comes to fruition. I will I will buy my ticket, even if it's in friggin' whole, uh, Ohio. I will fly out there just to see that match. It's going to be a cool time. But uh, any other things, uh, any other things, Brad, that you'd like to promote before we go off the air here? Uh, follow me all social medias at Big Bacon Brad. I'm a, that across all platforms. Um, like I said, this Saturday uh, I get the honor to wrestle AJ Cruz in his last match. AJ's kind of like an unsung hero around here. He's been in the ring with so many guys who went on to do big things, but he had a family at a young age and he just, you know, didn't, he wanted to wrestle at you know, a couple shows here and there. And he's just so talented. And it's really cool that I'm, I was, he kind of picked me to have his last match with him. So like really excited for that one. Uh, like we said, uh, beyond this Sunday, Faneuil Hall, Joey Janela coming up Six Flags in New Jersey the next day after that. Um, just, you know, plugging all the shows I'm on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, they're all good stuff. People should absolutely check them out. They're missing out or they're not checking these shows out. If they live here in the Northeast area, it's never been a better time to be a wrestler or a wrestler fan, a wrestling fan. It's so much going on right now between NEW and then obviously all the other promotions out there. And it's so easy to catch the matches too, because if you're not at the shows, you know, there's going to be gifts online and stuff like that of either your matches or anything else on these NEW shows. 
Yeah, um, so that's kind of, it's so funny in wrestling now. I think, like, every wrestler just lives for a gift. But, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what, though? Like, it's, anytime something new happens in wrestling, everyone kind of, like, poo-poos their craps on it. Mm-hmm. Like, so when the gift thing first started happening, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're just doing it, so you get this and this. But, like, hey, if it's working, shut up. Like, it, it works. Like, that it gets shared out everywhere and then people get to see, kind of see what you do and then you can just put a little caption on it and now people know what that move is called or mm. whatever it is like if it's working don't don't crap on the future like technology's here for a reason <laughs> exactly it's like a mini portfolio of your work in like five to ten seconds maybe even quicker than that if it's a gif you know um uh, it used to be you send a promoter a match and then you and then it was like you send a promoter a highlight reel Pretty soon, I'm just gonna have to send promoter gifts, and it's yeah. gonna be super simple, and I'm gonna love it. Yeah, exactly. We're just Can't send wait them to live in that future. <laughs> it's gonna be simpler than ever, which is super cool to see. And you have a gif as your pinned tweet on Twitter, which is even better. And it blew up to, and it blew up too. And now people who may not be able to go to these NEW shows, or people that may not know you through these Northeast promotions, now know who you are through a single gift. Like a person across the other side of the world could know who you are through that single gift, which is so cool yeah exactly so like i said why crap on it like so many like so many guys the rest it's mostly the older guys that will kind of give you crap for it but man so many people like that uh gift of me and casanova with the jumping german which i still i never publicly gave him credit that it was 1000 percent christian casanova's idea mm-hmm. uh because i would never volunteer someone to take that so wow um 100 his idea thank you christian you're the man um, but yeah, like so many people that I grew up watching like that. So I'm like, Oh my God, that's crazy. Like they've seen me do a move that like no one else has ever done before. No one else other than Casanova thought of before. So it was really cool. Yeah, no, stuff like that is awesome. And anyone who's pooping on that type of stuff are the type of people that aren't getting gifts made about them. So they're just jealous of your success. They're curmudgeons. <laughs> exactly. They are absolutely curmudgeons. Well, <laughs> Brad, I super appreciate your time, man. Thanks for taking the time to talk. It's been great. Hope to see you on the 14th in Waterbury. And just uh, best of luck with everything, man. I super appreciate your time. Oh, man, thank you so much. Uh, like I said, I'm always reading Bleacher Report, and uh, so it's really cool to be a part of this. Awesome. Of course, Brad, of course. Like I said, I've been a fan of yours now for, man, five, six years, dating back to NECW. Got a chance to meet you a few times. Super looking forward to seeing you on the 14th on Friday. And, uh, yeah, when I started putting this piece together, you were one of the first people I uh, thought to interview just because I've known of your work for so long, and obviously you've been a top star now in NEW for a a pretty good period of time. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to speaking with you again, man. Thanks again. Oh, dude, thank you so much. Have a good one. Big thanks to Big Bacon for his time. Had a tremendous time talking to him, and we talked a lot more than I thought we would about his NEW career, his career just in general, his goals. Orange Cassidy, as you heard multiple times there, he really wants that match with Orange Cassidy, and despite the fact he's in AEW now, some way, somehow, that match has just got to happen. Whether he goes to AEW or it happens in WWE or elsewhere, that match just has to happen at some point. I'm excited just hearing about it. It's a match I didn't know I wanted until he talked about it. But anyway, one thing that has changed since this uh, interview was recorded two months ago is that, aside from the fact that he's injured now, Brad has his own podcast he could check out. He's on Twitter at BigBaconBrad on the Twitter machine. And his podcast also has its own Twitter, What's Sizzling, on Twitter. He's got a great show. We had JT Dunn on a few weeks ago. Flip Gordon, I believe, was his premier guest on the podcast. 
Would have been cool to talk even more about that, but again, this interview was from like two months ago. So um, maybe next time we have him here on the show, we can talk all about his podcast and the people he's interviewed, his road stories, stuff like that. Uh, but you can check out that podcast again, What's Sizzling with Big Bacon, Brad Hollister. It's on every platform. You can find WrestleRant Radio on iTunes, you know, all the regular platforms. So be sure to subscribe to that show as well. Follow him on the Twitter machine, Facebook, Instagram, all the normal stuff, like you said, at the end of the interview there. Uh, real quick, before I wrap it up, I did promise some thoughts on Raw and SmackDown from this past week. I thought both shows were actually pretty good. 205 Live as well, which featured the Captain's Challenge main event of Team Lorican versus Team Gulag. Great match, one of the better bouts of the week. Um, I would probably say that was the match of the week had it not been for Buddy Murphy versus Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. Just an all-around excellent match following up on the great performance that Buddy Murphy had on SmackDown the, uh, the week prior with Roman Reigns that I talked about here on the show last week and how WWE had to capitalize on the momentum he had from that match. And thankfully they did. He beat Daniel Bryan, and hopefully he can have a great run in the upcoming King of the Ring tournament, which we'll talk more about in a moment because he did kick off this past week on Raw and on SmackDown. I have no idea how I did not mention that last week here on the show. I failed to mention that the King of the Ring for the first time in four years was coming back. Um, Not as a one-night tournament, which is really what it's been known to be, um, but it will feature 16 people, eight from Raw, eight from SmackDown, um, and it will, you know, kind of uh, play out on the episodes of Raw and SmackDown in the weeks to come. This week, next week in Madison Square Garden, and also a Clash of Champions, I believe that's where the finals will take place next month. Um, But yeah, two good shows of Raw and SmackDown from this past week. Raw did feature the crowning of new Raw Tag Team Champions in the main event. Wasn't too, too high on that. Uh, Rollins and Braun Strowman beating the OC to take the tag titles home. I didn't think that was all that necessary. I know why they did it. They do it a lot with people like, you know, John Cena and Batista did it back in 2008. John Cena and Shawn Michaels did it back in 2007. We've seen it before with a lot of different tag team partners where they can't get along, but they team together to become tag team champions. Like, ooh, how impressive. I don't know. I just feel like it really takes away from the tag team division. I wasn't a fan of it back then. I'm not a fan of it now. I'm sure the OC will get the belts back as soon as next week or Clash of Champions, whatever. Kind of stalled them, stalled their momentum a little bit, but we'll see where it goes. But it was a pretty good match, though. Um, also from Raw, The Fiend attacked Jerry Lawler. Good segment overall. I thought that played out really well. Roman Reigns and Ziggler was a well-wrestled match. I couldn't really get behind it just because Ziggler is far from a threat to a guy like Roman Reigns after losing a fucking Dolph, or rather to uh, The Miz and Goldberg and back-to-back nights last week in record time, so... Couldn't really take Ziggler seriously there, but it was a fine match for what it was. Ricochet and The Miz beat Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre in a fun little tag team match. Strowman, before becoming Raw Tag Team Champion a little later on in the night, failed to become the United States Champion first against AJ Styles earlier on in the evening. Um, and in the first of two King of the Ring matches, Samoa Joe knocked off Cesaro to advance. A lot of people thought this would be a bye-type situation, where Joe and Cesaro, being two heels, would fight to a double countout or whatever. That did not end up being the case, and Joe won decisively, which was pretty cool. Um, R-Truth attempted to take the 24-7 championship away from Elias and failed. The New Day took on the Revival, and it was cool because the Revival apparently have never been defeated by the New Day. They have always won every single one of their matches dating back to the Revival's debut two years ago. So I'm sure that'll be the SmackDown Tag Team title match for the Clash of Champions pay-per-view. 
Sasha Banks was going to give her side of this story as to why she attacked Natalia and Becky Lynch last week. She did not. So I like the fact that they're waiting for her to give an explanation for her actions and not just giving it away in one week, you know? I thought that was well done. Um, speaking of Becky Lynch, she cut a great promo earlier on in the show on Sasha. I thought it was one of the better Becky promos I've heard since WrestleMania. Great stuff there. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, I heard some people call this a WWE Women's Tag Team title match. I don't think it was, unless I missed something. I don't, I thought it was a non-title match. They beat Mandy Rose and Sonya. I didn't think the match was all that good, but my real issue with this is the fact that Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross have now seemingly beaten all their opposition. Like, they've beaten every other team I think there is in the women's tag team division. They knocked they knocked off the Iconics at SummerSlam on the kickoff show. They beat the Kabuki Warriors to retain the titles at Raw last week. And now they've beaten Mandy Rose and Sonya. And they have cla- it's not like they can go another month without having them defend the titles. They have Clash of Champions in a month. So, what are they going to do? Another Fatal 4-Way? Like, they've beaten everybody. I'm glad they're being kept strong. It's the exact opposite of the Iconics problem, where now they have no challengers. And there's no other women's tag team division out there. Because the Riot Squad broke up. Bailey and Banks are no more. Um, Nia Jax and Tamina are on the shelf for right now. I think both are actually injured. So, I'm not sure what they're going to do. But that's their problem to figure out, I guess. And then I already talked about the main event and how uh, Rollins and Strowman are the new Raw Tag Team Champions. But in the second King of the Ring first round match of the night, Cedric Alexander knocked off Sami Zayn to uh, become the, uh, or not become, but rather advance in the King of the Ring tournament. I was going to say become the new King of the Ring, but that'd be a bit premature now, wouldn't it? But uh, that was a good match. Sami Zayn losing yet again. But that did lead somewhere on SmackDown. So Sami Zayn... Uh, had tweeted earlier on on Tuesday that something had to change. I mean, we've seen this all the time. Like, I honestly figured he would turn to face, which probably wouldn't be the worst idea, just because we know he's a great face. We saw it in NXT early on on Raw and on SmackDown before he went heel a few years ago. We know he can be a great face. He might actually be a. He might have actually been a face shorter on the main roster than he ever was a heel, which is pretty crazy. He's been a heel longer now than he ever was a face. But anyway, that's besides the point. And also, Raw needs faces right now. I mean, I guess they have Ricochet and Rollins and Strowman and Rey Mysterio but and Miz. Some maybe not, but I feel like they have too many heels. Lashley's on the shelf right now. McIntyre's a heel. He's still technically on Raw. Not technically, he is on Raw. Um, they have Elias. He's on SmackDown. Raw also has Lesnar, but he's not really around. They have AJ, Samoa Joe. I don't know. I guess they're probably pretty even at this point. Um, but still, I thought a face turn would work for Sami Zayn. Apparently not. As seen on SmackDown, he's the new mouthpiece for Shinsuke Nakamura. And quite honestly, I don't hate it. I really don't. I think this could work. I do. It's not like Sami's doing anything right now. The guy's maybe won one fucking match since he came back in April. Before that, he probably won one match in 2018, too. Go back and look at the results yourself. Look at the win and loss record of Sami Zayn. He won one match on SmackDown last year, like... Or at, before 2019, he won one match on SmackDown in March of 2018. After that, he did not win a match until beating Braun Strowman on Raw a few months ago before Money in the Bank, which he won with help from uh, McIntyre and Corbin, so that didn't really count. But it, it does, but it doesn't. There's an asterisk next to that victory. And then he and Kevin Owens beat the New Day at Stomping Grounds, but I don't even think he picked up the win for his team. So, again, if that really counts, I don't know. He hasn't won many singles matches, what I'm trying to get out of here. He hasn't won many singles matches in the last year. He needs wins. 
I don't know what the fuck else they were going to do with him, but I think pairing him off with Shinsuke is not a bad idea. Shinsuke needs a mouthpiece. I was going to say mouth guard, but he already has that down. He already has that part down pat. Um, I'm surprised it took them this long to give Shinsuke a mouthpiece just because he's been on the main roster now for two years and his mic skills have never been good. But better late than never, I guess. They do have history from NXT from when Nakamura came into WWE, beat Sami Zayn in the instant classic at TakeOver Dallas, one of the best matches in WWE in 2016. Um, yeah, I, I think this could work. I think it's a good thing for both guys. Nakamura is never on TV anyway. Yeah, he's the IC champion, but that didn't stop him from never being on SmackDown as the US champion about a year ago. SmackDown has an issue properly featuring its mid-card. Because it feels like whatever television time they could be giving to the mid-card, they're fucking giving to Shane McMahon instead. So they could really use a Nakamura-Sami Zayn pairing right now to get both guys on TV more consistently, and I think this could work. And a Nakamura-Miz feud is not the worst thing. Yeah, it's interpromotional. Sami Zayn and Nakamura is an interpromotional pairing because Zayn's on Raw and Nakamura's on SmackDown. They gotta stop this fucking wild card shit soon, but in the meantime, I honestly don't hate this. I'm willing to give this a chance. It may backfire, it may not work, but again, it's better than nothing. The Revival knocked off Heavy Machinery on SmackDown. Nice little match. Great to see Heavy Machinery. They were super over here for whatever reason, so that was cool to see. Uh, Like I said earlier, Buddy Murphy's Daniel Bryan match was phenomenal. I thought his performance against Daniel Bryan was just tremendous. So I would love to see Buddy Murphy, uh, more of Buddy Murphy on SmackDown Live. Hopefully he can advance a bit further in the King of the Ring tournament beyond the uh, first round. Speaking of which, Andrade beat Apollo Crews to advance to the next round of the King of the Ring tournament on SmackDown. And then Elias, the 24-7 champion, beat Kevin Owens on SmackDown to advance in the King of the Ring tournament. Um, I think that was pretty much it from SmackDown. Kingston and Orton uh, further their feud with Kingston going after Orton at the start of the show. I thought that was well done. Um, we had Charlotte Flair and Bailey made official for Clash of Champions for the SmackDown Women's Championship on Moment of Bliss. Fine segment. So yeah, real quickly, we'll talk about this. My predictions for the remainder of the 2019 King of the Ring Tournament. Couldn't really talk about it last week just because the brackets weren't released until Friday. Um, and I, I love the King of the Ring Tournament. I really do. I, it was honestly the 08 installment, the 2008 installment that got me into wrestling full time. Um, I started watching the week before when William Regal faced Randy Orton on uh, Raw, and Regal lost. That's not like the match was an instant classic by any means, but Regal got me into WWE. He was who I watched for. And when I watched Raw the next week to see the King of the Ring and how it would play out, and the fact that Regal won the whole thing, despite the fact that he was never supposed to be in it, just, I was enamored with it. I thought it was amazing. It fascinated me. So, and I've been watching ever since. So I love the King of the Ring idea, the tournament, the concept. I think it's great. The last couple have not been that great, but I think this has promise. Um, so like I said, Samoa Joe advanced over Cesaro on Raw. Cedric advanced over Sami Zayn on, uh, on Raw as well. On SmackDown, Elias beat Kevin Owens, and Andrade beat Apollo Crews. So this is what the rest of the bracket will look like. Next week on Raw, we have Ricochet and Drew McIntyre in a first-round match. I think I think McIntyre wins that. Um, I know it's weird because it's like, oh, you know, Joe and McIntyre, it's a weird heel versus heel dynamic. But I feel like McIntyre is a shoo-in to win the whole thing. Ricochet's obviously facing AJ Styles at the next pay-per-view. So why delay the inevitable? We might as well just have Ricochet lose here. Yeah, Joe and uh, McIntyre is a heel versus heel match, but that didn't stop them from doing Joe and Cesaro in the first round. So I don't see why not, why they can't just do it here again. So I think McIntyre beats Ricochet. We get Joe and McIntyre. And then Alexander will face the winner of The Miz and Baron Corbin. 
I think Baron Corbin wins. I like The Miz a lot, but the guy's been a loser recently. Corbin has not been on TV in a while. I feel like there's a decent chance Corbin could win this whole thing. I think he will get further than the first round. So I think it comes down to Joe, McIntyre, Cedric, and Corbin on one side on SmackDown. So Elias will face the winner of Ali and Buddy Murphy, which happens next week on SmackDown. Also next week on SmackDown, Chad Gable will face Shelton Benjamin. I will face Shelton Benjamin in a first-round match. I think Buddy Murphy will be Ali. Um, I know Elias beat Kevin Owens, but uh, Buddy Murphy isn't really face or heel right now. He's kind of facing both, so... Um, Ali has barely been on television. After beating Daniel Bryan, Buddy Murphy, I feel like kind of has to be Ali, and I feel like he will. I think he will. Uh, Gable, I think, will defeat Shelton Benjamin. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with this whole Shorty G bullshit. I heard that was trademarked or was attempted to be trademarked by WWE, and they're calling Chad Gable short. It just sounds dumb. I really hope that's not what they're going for here. I do think Gable will advance, though. So, in the next round of the quarterfinals of the tournament, Joe and McIntyre, I think McIntyre wins. I think Cedric beats Baron Corbin via, like, an upset. Then it's Cedric and McIntyre in the semifinals. Then it comes down to, I think, McIntyre then beats Alexander. And it comes down to McIntyre. Ah, you know what? Honestly, fuck it. I'm going to say Alexander. I'm going to say Alexander beats McIntyre to avenge the loss from their last match. So Alexander beats McIntyre, goes to the finals. On the SmackDown side, Elias and Buddy Murphy, Buddy Murphy wins. Andrade and Gable, which sounds like a hell of a match on paper, um, Andrade wins. And then Andrade and Murphy in the semifinals, I think Andrade beats Murphy. And it comes down to Cedric and Andrade at the pay-per-view in the finals of the King of the Ring tournament, I think... Um, Andrade will win the whole thing. I think Andrade will be the new King of the Ring. So those are my predictions for the 2019 King of the Ring tournament. It would have been better had I started this last week when the bracket was first announced, but I did the podcast on a Thursday, so it didn't exactly work out that way. But then again, I kind of cheated because originally, and I probably shouldn't be saying this, I thought Kevin Owens would beat Elias, and I would have gotten that pick wrong. So, I guess it's probably smart that I started now, because now I don't have to go with Owens advancing all the way to the finals like I originally thought that he would. Actually, no, my original prediction like a week ago was that it would come down to uh, Andrade and Alexander, which is what I'm sticking with here. It's not the popular pick, but fuck it, that's what I'm going with. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for today's edition of WrestleRant Radio for August 22nd, 2019. We had some big news on the NXT front. NXT, the black and yellow brand, is indeed headed to USA Network. Talked all about it on hashtag AskGSM this week. Don't want to repeat the rant because I honestly think it's going to be a good move. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with NXT on USA. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm optimistic. I'm not overly enthralled with the idea of NXT going head-to-head with AEW or Vince McMahon having any creative control with NXT. Beyond that, though, I think this move has promise. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm optimistic regarding the immediate future of NXT. And it debuts on NXT, or rather on USA, on September 18th, if I'm not mistaken. So in about a month from now. So uh, we'll see how that plays out over the uh, next couple of months. And on that note, guys, be sure to subscribe to this show if you haven't already. New episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday, not only on NextDayWrestling.net, but also on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean. We're all over the place, baby. So subscribe today, rate the show, review the show. All that stuff is greatly appreciated. With that being said, guys, have an awesome rest of your week. We'll be back here next Thursday 
for all-out predictions for AEW's next pay-per-view next Saturday. Next Thursday's show will feature predictions for that show. No exclusive interview. No exclusive interview next Thursday. We'll be back to the regularly scheduled programming here on WrestleRant Radio. The yours truly sounding off on the world of wrestling. Until then, guys, have a great one. I'm Graham G.S. and Matthews, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Do a slam, do a slam, do a slam,